you know, I think that it's, it's about building software that celebrates the unique things about us all. And then building software that rewards value created with, with value captured. Hello, Stellar community. Welcome to the Stellar podcast. Before we get into the interview, I'd like to highlight a couple pieces of really important news in the ecosystem. Uh, one is the Stellar Community Fund is in its final round of voting, so be sure and head over to stellarcommunity.fund and uh, vote to allocate those 3 million lumens across our eight finalists. Uh, the second piece would be Protocol 13. Be sure and check out Protocol 13. We'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, it's a phenomenal update coming to uh, Stellar. The vote, uh, the uh, the official production vote will happen next month, but it's important to understand and see the updates and changes that are happening there and to contribute where you're able to. Uh, okay, let's get into it. Today, I have a very special guest on the line, Kevin Owaki. He's the founder of, of Gitcoin, uh, which we're in the middle of a hackathon with them. So make sure if you haven't to, to check that out. Uh, we thought we'd have him here on the show. He actually aligns very closely with the work that uh, Colton and I are interested in. So we thought we'd have him on the show to talk about the things that he finds uh, fascinating and fantastic about development and the open source communities. Um, uh, in engineering, so uh, Kevin, thanks so much for for jumping on. Uh, let's let's start with a little bit of background history. How did you end up at Gitcoin? Hey Tyler, thanks so much for for having me. Uh, so so Gitcoin is a place where you can get coins if you're a software developer. It's a uh, a, a developer network that has driven about four and a half million dollars to open source software developers. And I started it in my basement back in 2017. So I took some of the money that I made in the bull market of 2017, reinvested it in creating a brand uh, oriented around the mission of, of growing open source. And so the idea there is that uh, open source software provides billions of dollars of economic uh, value to the world. And there was no mechanism through which software developers could really capture that value and pay their mortgage just by working on open source. So that was the conception of, of Gitcoin. And uh, we since then have gotten an investment from Joe Lubin. And that really took Gitcoin from the place in which it was just me and my friends using Gitcoin to incentivize our work to top tier projects like Truffle and MetaMask and the Ethereum Foundation and Stellar using Gitcoin. So um, along the way, I've been involved in everything from engineering to product to community development to actually building the business. So wearing a lot of hats as, as the first engineer at, at Gitcoin and super excited to be working with Stellar on this hackathon. Yeah, it's been fantastic just getting more familiar with the platform that you guys have. Um, funding is something that's very interesting to me and extremely important for early stage development um, as you kind of kickstart a network. Um, so maybe, maybe you can talk a little bit about that since that's the incentive for starting Gitcoin. Um, at Stellar, we have a Stellar Community Fund, um, which every three months we hand out 3 million lumens to eight different projects through a kind of popular voting mechanism. Um, but it can, it can be really challenging for projects that win or that maybe are struggling to, to answer the question, like, how do, I, how do I make money off of what I'm building? Do I need to have a really solid business model and 
pitch to investors um, because just trying to get funds from my users, like I only have 10 of them. So how am I supposed to leverage the users that I have? Like when is it time to ask for money versus it's time to just build something and really prove its value first? So from your perspective, what's that process from kind of an idea in my head for something that's valuable and this um, kind of thought that exists right now in programming, which is you should never charge money for the work that you do. Um, everything should be free and open source. Maybe maybe there's some uh, misconceptions in there and you could help us clear those up. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, one of the things that I've been super passionate about during my 12, 13 year career as a software engineer is that everything that I've ever built has been using open source software. When I start a new startup, I don't build my own web server or my own database server. I use Postgres and Nginx for those things. And open source has provided tremendous value to me. And, um, you know, I think the number is $400 billion per year in economic value created by open source software. And the problem was that there's no business model for open source that is, is scalable and, and fits all projects that are providing value. And one of the, the insights that I had when we started Gitcoin was that um, now we're gonna have this open source financial system. And so as in the course of building the open source financial system, there's gonna be billions of dollars of capital that would have gone in the old financial system to some back office on Wall Street, and it's now going to open source software. So what if we could build the rails to help people who are creating value in open source actually able to capture that value? And so I think that that's sort of one of the North Stars that we're pursuing at Gitcoin. Uh, with respect to individual projects that are, that are providing value to the world, I think that software is sort of unique in that it has, uh, it has uh, a fixed cost of actually developing the software, but then there's zero marginal cost of actually creating, uh, it, I'm sorry, of ma maintaining the software after after the, the the software has been created, and millions of people can derive value for almost the same cost as as those first ten users that you talked about. And so, one of the things that that we're trying to do is provide value early during when the the time the software development package is actually being created. So that you can you can actually have an incentive to to create a software package that 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 is providing providing value back into the world. But uh, you know I've I've been the maintainer on about 10, 15 different projects, and the process for me has been a lot of trial and error, trying to figure out what the community actually needs and where I can provide value. And Gitcoin is the result. Uh, Gitcoin is open source itself. Gitcoin is the result of years of ideation and iteration for me in actually figuring out how to create value and then worrying about capturing value is I think something that you can do after, after you figure out how to, how to create value. So there's no foolproof process right now, but Gitcoin's building a suite of tools that can hopefully help guide people along the way. That's, that's awesome. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about those, those tools and how, um, so if you've really highlighted the, the problem and uh, that North Star that you're looking at, can you maybe describe some of the tooling and uh, features and functionalities that uh, Gitcoin has or is working towards to, sure. to get you there? Yeah, thanks. So Gitcoin is a double-sided marketplace that connects coders to the people who want to fund their work in open source software. And it connects people who have money 
to coders that can work on their software. So double-sided marketplace, and there's multiple ways that we connect people to, to, to the people who can fund them. Uh, the first one, it's the one that we launched with in 2017 is bounties. So the idea here is that you write up a feature request or a bug report for something that you want done and then Gitcoin, by virtue of having thousands of software engineers on it, will find the right software engineer, help you find the right software engineer to work on that issue. And the idea is that once the software engineer fixes the bug or develops the feature, then they get paid out the tokens that have been put on the bounty. So basically it's kind of a, I will give you X tokens if you do Y for me. And um, it's a great way of having an on-demand workforce if you're a coder in, in to, to work on your ecosystem, to work on, on your software engineering issues. And one of the things that we've really seen it be really successful with, with respect to, to building out teams is that it's a great way to try before you buy hire with software engineers. So as opposed to meeting someone, doing a bunch of interviews, and then going full time, then bounties are a really great way to just do a small piece of scope together, maybe a $500, $1,000 project. And if both parties are really into the relationship, then you can walk off into the sunset together and work together full time from there. So that's bounties. That's the first product that we launched with. The other product that I'd love to tell your listeners about, and it's, it's become a significant pillar of the Ethereum ecosystem, according to Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, is called Gitcoin Grants. And basically, it's, it's sort of just a different way of connecting those two sides of the market, connecting coders to the people who are going to fund them. In, uh, and, and basically, what it is, is it's like a crypto Patreon. So you can, you can post a grant for the great work that you're already doing in, in open source software. Say you're building a project that supports the Stellar ecosystem in some way. It's a crowdfunding project that, that allows you to raise money from people who derive value from your work. So as opposed to bounties where you specify, uh, I will give you X tokens for Y, with Gitcoin grants, you say, I am doing Y and I would like to raise X. It's kind of like the reverse. And Gitcoin grants has issued almost $2 million in rewards to the Ethereum ecosystem and is becoming a significant pillar of, of how the Ethereum ecosystem works. And one of the things that we've that we've been doing in order to support that is we have a matching fund that uh, that we deploy every quarter on Gitcoin grants. And we just got done our fifth matching fund for Gitcoin grants. It was worth 250K and the payments went out in April 2020. The basic idea is that every contribution to a Gitcoin grant during that matching time period is going to be matched with a, a, a contribution from the matching fund. But the gimmick is that we're not matching it one-to-one. -one. We're matching based off of the number of contributors instead of the amount raised. And so the exciting thing about this is that it optimizes for projects that are more broadly, broadly supported in a democratic sense, not what the whales in the ecosystem want to see. And so the way this works tangibly is that if grant A raises $100 from one contributor and Grant B raises $100 from 10 contributors, so $10 each across 10 contributors, then Grant B will receive way more of the matching funds because they have more contributors that are supporting their project. And so if you want to support public goods, if you want to support open source software that a broad swath of the population 
cares about, then Gitcoin Grants is a really great way to do that. And as opposed to a centralized grant administration team, which can only process, let's say, 10 to 20 grant applications per, per month, Gitcoin Grants can process hundreds of grant applications per month because the community, uh, it, it's your community of peers that is deciding which projects are actually going to get funding. So it pushes power to the edges, to the actual community to figure out what's providing value. And that's been a, a killer app for the Ethereum ecosystem. And it's been a, a, a killer way to grow open source. So uh, I, I think to, to stick the landing on answering your question, there are multiple ways to support open source software developers and we support both bounties and grants and a few other things that are delivering uh, $5 million of value to open source software developers so far. And we're doing about 500K per month through, across this entire product suite. So super, super proud that we're supporting the Ethereum ecosystem and a, a increasingly other, other crypto ecosystems. And there's people who are actually making a living off of Gitcoin these days. And, and that's really what we want. We want you to be able to quit your job and be able to pay your mortgage by working on open source. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the uh, internals of, of both of these mechanisms? Um, is it is it smart contract escrow accounts? How does how does the how do you get the money? How do you verify that work's been done? Um, uh, who owns those types of things? Just out of raw curiosity on my part. Yeah, so we've got a smart contract in the Ethereum ecosystem called Standard Bounties. It is a standard for posting bounties. And basically the way that works is that when you post a bounty, you will stake a certain amount of uh, tokens on the blockchain and that'll be escrowed in the smart contract. And then basically people can start work on that bounty and then they can submit their work when to attest that they've completed the, the bounty. And one of the cool things about this is that Gitcoin never has access to those funds. So as opposed to like Upwork, where they have a separate legal entity called Upwork Escrow LLC that administers the, the funds in, in between while they're in the escrow period, Gitcoin never has access to those funds, which I think is one of the fundamental innovations that the blockchain has enabled. And um, basically, funders are, are able to decide whether or not a pull request meets their specifications or not. And one of the things that you do every time you participate in a Gitcoin bounty is that you stake your reputation on the platform. So we've got profiles and we've got star ratings and we've got a, a tight feedback loop in between the, the two sides of the marketplace. And, and so that's one of the reasons why funders will, 80% of, of bounties that are posted to the Gitcoin network are completed successfully and the other 20% are canceled. Um, we do have 0.5% of them that end up disputed and, and escalated to us. But usually by the time it's escalated to us, we're able to find an amicable resolution. So that's the basic architecture of bounties. Let me know if you have any questions and I can, I can tell you more about the grants architecture too, if you're interested in that. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about the grants, particularly because it's not a single entity. So how, I mean, the, the, the system you just mentioned is fantastic, especially, I think it's required that you have some sort of star rating system, you know, the, the Airbnb model. Um, but how does that work once you have individual members that are contributing to like a pool, essentially, at least is, is my understanding. How does that, how does that work when it comes to like fulfillment? Yeah, for sure. So all of the grants on Gitcoin are when you contribute to them, it goes directly to the person who owns that grant. 
Gitcoin never uh, touches those funds unless you give an optional donation to Gitcoin. And what that's that's really cool innovation of blockchain is that we don't have to ask for the funds again. And and so basically what we do is that uh, when you contribute to a grant on Gitcoin, we will look at that transaction ID and we have a backend process that will that will follow that that contribution happened to that grant. And then basically when that transaction clears and those tokens are transferred, then we will then we will increment a counter in our database and we will calculate an updated match matching amount for that grant. And so basically at the end of the the grant fund, we will be administering, we administered 600 payments of uh, 250K to, to participants in the Ethereum ecosystem in the uh, in the week after that Gitcoin grants round ended. And we're using this this matching formula called quadratic matching, which is quite math heavy, but um, but but basically is a really great way of allocating funds in a democratic way. So the the grants the grants architecture is is peer to peer, with the exception of the matching fund, which for now Gitcoin administers, but in the future we'll have a trustless architecture for uh, for managing that. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's a that's a really interesting the the matching part of that really does uh, knock it out of the park as an incentive for um, people that are yeah. maybe giving you know lower dollar amounts, but they really want to see this thing succeed. It's like I can I can multiply my funds if I if I give to this uh, grant. That's really cool. Yeah, actually, in, in order to articulate that point, I just want to briefly mention that when we first started Gitcoin grants, we did it without quadratic funding, and approximately zero people used it. Uh, probably like 10 people contributed in that first month. And so what we found is that um, when you display in the UI, contribute $1 and this project will get $100, then that really, really gets people to, to, to open up their wallets. Or I guess on the blockchain, sign their transactions. And, and the cool thing is, is that just by voting with your dollars, we're able to, to really help these grant, these grant owners raise on the order of 10 or $20,000 in the most successful cases. And it's because of the, the, the psychological incentives of, of having that matching fund that we're able to do that. How, where does that, um, that matching fund, where does that come from? Do you say that comes from Gitcoin for now? Yeah. So basically it comes from people who are trying to build out their ecosystem. So, uh, we work with Vitalik Buterin and the Ethereum Foundation in order to help them uh, to 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 augment their their grant giving that they do in, in building out the Ethereum ecosystem. And increasingly, we're talking to other crypto ecosystems about helping them grow their ecosystem. If you're not careful, Tyler, I might pitch you on helping you grow the Stellar ecosystem. And yeah. the whole the whole idea is that this is a more scalable more decentralized way to, to grow an ecosystem. And, um, and, and so basically that's the incentive that people have to contribute to the matching pool. They want to grow an ecosystem. That's interesting. Cause my, my next question, I mean, we, we have, uh, this, this, uh, funding mechanism, the stellar community fund where the community votes, but they, and they vote to split up essentially the, the foundation money that we've allocated to this fund. So that would be your your matching grant, but by we don't require voters to contribute any of their own funds. Um, what are some of the downsides of doing that, and why why might we choose to uh, move into a system where you have to put a little more skin in the game uh, when voting, particularly if your ecosystem is not the Ethereum ecosystem, where we're smaller than that. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, I, I think that uh, keeping it simple to start is a really good thing. And I think that there's, there's no downside really to, uh, to having a centralized grant pool that's administered by a, a set amount of people when you're just starting out. And I think that, uh, and then I think that a voting architecture is a great way to extend that. Um, the, the sort of what we've seen with, with Gitcoin and the Ethereum ecosystem is that it provides a signal back to the Ethereum ecosystem about what their community cares about. And it's not just a signal of, of giving an upvote, it's actually voting with your dollars. So you know that it's the, the community actually cares about it because they're, they're taking out their own wallet and, and giving, giving money. So it's a stronger signal than it would be if you were just using likes or upvotes or something. Um, it helps you split the bill with your community. So basically the idea is that uh, Gitcoin grants, the most recent round we did was 475K was given out to, to the Ethereum ecosystem and the Ethereum foundation only funded half of that. So basically kind of doubles your money when it's building the mm -hmm. ecosystem. And it was also a marketing activation point for the Ethereum ecosystem. Gitcoin grants is kind of wall to wall during the two week matching funds that we do because everyone wants to get their peers to contribute to the grants. And so you'll see on Twitter that there are lots of people in the Ethereum ecosystem marketing their projects and helping get the word out about, about their projects. We had uh, this one grant metagame that raised like 10K, but they told us that the most valuable thing that they got was that they doubled their user base during the grants, yeah. the grants round. So it's a marketing activation point for your ecosystem. And I think the thing that as a decentralist myself that I'm most excited about is that it pushes power to the edges of your community. So if you get fun, if you don't get funded, it's not because there's some centralized grant administrator that doesn't respect your work. It's because you can't convince your peers that your work is valuable. And to me, that's, that's a really important thing to drink the Kool-Aid of the decentralization movement. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, that's, my history more in on the business side of things is uh, like you can have a thousand, ten thousand users, but if they're not paying you anything, do you really have something that's all that valuable? Because money mm -hmm. speaks way louder than just an upvote. Anybody will say something's cool, but yeah. when it comes time to take your wallet out, that's when you really realize or, or come to terms with, is this something that's actually valuable or is it just noise? Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, on that, and maybe maybe you can speak a little bit to having spent so much time in the Ethereum ecosystem, as well as uh, uh, outside doing uh, different development and open source and building community. Can you maybe speak to just some of the strategies, or I mean, they're probably obvious things, but how do you grow a developer community? How what's how do you grow a community yeah. around some sort of idea, particularly when it's like wicked technical, or it can be, and the people yeah. who started it, the people who are closest to it, yeah, are so technical. Yeah, um, that's a great question, and um, I feel like I I I sent this tweet the other day that was like how to build your developer community with this one weird trick because I was kind of making fun of uh, clickbait <laughs> style <laughs> head headlines, uh, and um, but like the truth is that you build a developer community by. Uh, by providing something that's valuable. I mean, it, it goes, there, there's really no way around the hard work of, of creating something that's gonna provide value to, to users. There's no trick other than, than doing the work of doing that. And, you know, I, I think I got my first Stellar tokens back in like, it might have been like, it was when I was living in New York, which I wanna say was like in 
2013 or something like that. So I've been following your guys' projects and I think it's super interesting what y'all are up to. One of the things that I found super useful for, for Gitcoin is that, um, is, is that we're oriented around this mission of growing and sustaining open source, providing economic opportunities to software developers. And for our target audience, that's a pretty viscerally important thing. And so starting with why, I think is really important before you get to the, the what. And you know, if you listen to the intro to this podcast, I talked about our mission before I talked about any of our products. And so what's your reason for being? What's your, what do you deeply value and what do you stand for? For me is, is, is where I start. And then you get into, you know, after you've established that, articulated that, found people who are like-minded with you, then you're really getting into execution territory. And I think of execution not only as building a great product, but it's, it's looking people in the eye. It's building relationships with people who are in your community. Um, I, I'm a, stu a student of Andrew Hyde, who's a community organizer out here in the Boulder, Colorado space. And uh, we have this event called Boulder Startup Week that we do every, every May in which we'll, we'll basically do a one week celebration of entrepreneurship and community in, in Colorado. And he, he taught me when I was doing a track organization at Boulder Startup Week to, to greet every person who comes in the door, to shake their hands, to make them feel welcome in, in your space and to let them know why you're here, why, what motivates you about community. And, and I'm not an active Builder Startup Week organizer anymore, but I try to take those same principles to building the, the community at Gitcoin. And you know, we're 30,000, we've got 30,000 software developers in our ecosystem, so I can't shake everyone's hand, especially because we're all social distancing these days. But, um, you know, just like, you know, share a status update when you join Gitcoin and people will welcome you. People will actually send you a micro tip if you just say hi to them on Gitcoin uh, as a way of showing appreciation for each other. And I think that we really, we really risk when we go online, losing that human element of, of what it's looked like, what it's like to, to sort of celebrate our uniqueness and to, to look each other in the eye. And, and, I, and I really hope that the next generation of social networks will uh, will be better than the web two social networks that we have out there. And I think that blockchain can, can play a big part of that. So I know I'm not directly answering your question, but there is a great book called The Art of Community that I read, which is about open source communities in it. And um, I would recommend that your readers, if they're in a community management role, check out The Art of Community. It's available on Amazon, I think for like 25 bucks. And that's, that's something that I continually find myself referencing when I'm building Gitcoin's community. Yeah, that's that's such good advice and very helpful. Um, you so maybe maybe to bring it into just like some some more practical things that you're doing at Gitcoin. You mentioned um, micro tipping. Are there so there's that. What what other things are you doing like practically to uh, make good on those uh, things that you're recognizing in the books you read or communities out there that you really appreciate? How are you implementing yeah. some of those things into a strictly software and now very remote? an isolated yeah. community like how yeah. is gitcoin not dying right now yeah um yeah <laughs> uh so so basically you know i think that it's it's about building software that celebrates the unique things about us all and then building software that rewards value created with with value captured so you know i'll, I'll start with the first thing when you sign up to gitcoin you'll notice that we have a, a profile system that allows you to customize an avatar and basically represent the digital version of yourself, whether you're black, white, purple, uh, you know, uh, and 
regardless of gender, uh, part of the part of the world that you're in, celebrating those unique things about yourself. So uh, creating a profile that that sort of represents your digital avatar, who you want to be in in the world, is something that we've put substantial amount of effort in in order to provide value to users right off the bat. Uh, we also have this this non fungible token that we launched called Gitcoin Kudos, and the idea is that it's like a digital hallmark card. So uh, as opposed to finishing a bounty with someone and just getting a bunch of tokens for completing that work, wouldn't it be nice if you got a, a personalized note from the funder that says, hey, you did a really great job on this. And here's a kudos that you can display on your profile so that other people can see how much I appreciate the work that you did. And so uh, this is one of the first things that we launched after we did the bounty network is, is this non-fungible token called Gitcoin Kudos. And basically the idea there is that it's like a credential that shows that someone really appreciates you. And it really shifts the motivations back from extrinsic, I'm going to earn these tokens, to intrinsic, such that, oh, I really appreciate this person. And I think that that's something that we do a really great job of um, when, we, when, when we're in person with someone, treating our, our coworkers as, as actual humans. So those are kind of like the little details that you'll see on the Gitcoin network. And Tyler, if you give me your Gitcoin username, I'll send you a kudos for running a really great, really great <laughs> podcast interview with me. And, and then the rest of it just comes down to making sure that people are actually paid for the work that they're doing and rewarded for the work that they're doing in open source, which sounds obvious, but you know, doing that at scale with software is, is something that we've put considerable results or considerable effort into. And we don't always get it right, but we have de delivered all over uh, $4.5 million worth of value to open source software developers. And my hope is that eventually we're going to have a generation of software developers who could just work for open source software, work for the open internet. And, and that's really the North Star that we're shooting for. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's amazing. I think those are very tangible. I mean, it makes me want to just go sign up and start building open source software so I can get kudos. I don't even care about the payments. <laughs> I will send you a kudos after this interview <laughs> if I can find your profile. <laughs> Um, so maybe our, my last question sort of to follow up on that specific to Stellar's community, we don't have, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in defining in my narrow views of what a product is, but we don't have like uh, a website, a product, a, a landing page where you go and log in and have an account. Um, we, uh, you know, we spend time on Keybase and maybe Slack or wherever our communities are, um, talking to each other. And then we do have like a voting mechanism site for the Stellar community fund, but that's also a little bit. Um, focused on just the the developer ecosystem, not not maybe not the wider user ecosystem. And then you've got like the Reddit side. So when you don't necessarily have like a login system or a, a central hub where people have some sort of digital self associated with your product, um, is there still a way? Do you need to build some sort of product where there can be some identity involved there or is there a way to achieve some of the same objectives that you're talking about in other, maybe less tangible, you know, pixels on a screen way? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that like the tools that you spoke about are are important ones. Twitter and Reddit are the web two social networks that that I think that are providing a really good, well, not really good, but uh, are, that's where the communities are right now. And one of my theories is that we can provide better social networks with blockchain technology because now instead of rewarding people with likes and upvotes and, you know, likes and upvotes are like the ultimate shitcoin because they have <laughs> no supply cap, you know, like you can just give out as many as you want. 
And so with blockchain technology, you can actually reward people with actual tangible value. And so um, my theory is that we're gonna see a proliferation of new Web3 social networks that actually leverage blockchain to create more trust. You know, in our, in our local communities, we've got trust anchors of having your family there and having gone to school in your local community. And so as the world moves remote, what are the trust anchors in a remote first world? And, um, you know, I know that the answer to your question that I've given so far is somewhat theoretical. And I, I think that uh, that's a valid criticism of what I'm saying. And so one of the things that I'm trying to do with Gitcoin is that we're launching this product called Gitcoin Tribes, which is basically a one-stop shop to find your tribe in your software developer tribe. And, um, and we're going to have Web3 native paradigms in, in built into Gitcoin Tribes. Mm -hmm. And so one tangible example of what we're doing there is that quadratic funding formula that I told you about for Gitcoin grants. We, we run quarterly matching rounds with quadratic funding in the, in the Gitcoin grants product. But now we're starting to do weekly mini quadratic funding rounds on the Gitcoin social network. And so basically what that means is that, um, is that basically if you post something that someone really likes, they can send you a 20 cent micro tip, which wouldn't be meaningful except for quadratic funding because there's now $200 that is being allocated to the community based off of who's micro tipping who. So you can send 25 cents and that person will earn $5 because their, their post provided value. And so um, it's these mechanism designs that have so far only really been theories. We're actually putting them into practice at Gitcoin and I wanna build a better social network, better online community using blockchain technology. And um, so that that's the goal, but I, I think that uh, you know, the, the topic of, of how do we get communities a gathering place is, is probably the subject of a whole nother podcast. Yeah. And I hope you'll have me, have me back and we can, we can nerd out on that another time, but it's been awesome to be on this, this podcast. And, um, I've, like I said, I got my first stellar, uh, tokens back in, I think it was 2013. It's, it's been a while and I still hold them. So yeah. I, I'm pretty excited to, to be working with you guys on a professional basis now. Yeah, very cool. We're uh, we're super excited to be a part of the hackathon and start looking at more of these kinds of things, particularly just as we grow and really identify how do we grow our community well and not just get more developers, but like you said, add that human aspect to grow a healthy, uh, vibrant community um, and not just focus on the technical aspects because the technical aspects are incredibly important. Like if you have a garbage service it doesn't matter how much hype you give it it's a garbage service but if you have something that's yep. really good that does solve problems that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go anywhere like you have to market it well you have to get people excited about the right things and treat the people who are your adopters with respect and give them the help they need to guide them along and um all these things that that we're, we're really starting to focus on now um so it's great to to hear from you, to learn from you, from the success that you've had at Gitcoin. Very excited to be partnering a bit with with you in the um, the hackathon and look forward to seeing more products come out of, of Gitcoin later. And um, yeah, I would love to have you back on to to talk about um, uh, social networks 3.0. Uh, that would yeah. be that would be very interesting because I've thought a lot about the same things, even even as far as like is there a plugin or something you could attach to some of these things where people do have to like with, with money and, um, but the big piece that's missing is what you found with the quadratic funding, like 20 cents just isn't worth it. And it's almost, yeah. people know that it's not worth it. So why would I give it? But if that has the potential to be something more, 
then you've really you've really started to change the game. So that's that's really interesting to me. Yeah, the it, yeah, and the hope is to go beyond just the theory of mm-hmm. why Web three social networks could be better and actually do it in practice. And so that that's the goal. Um, seems like you and I might be philosophically aligned here, and it's uh, I think the podcast is wrap, wrapping down now. But uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of people interested in this in this topic of of how do we create a a, a global web scale community that's as good as a local community. And I think, I believe strongly that with programmable money and mechanism design, that's something we're gonna be able to do. So <laughs> maybe we'll end it there and we can expand Pinch and Zoom right. on that. Part two. Podcast. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, super. Well, thanks so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, and we'll uh, I'll be reaching back out later to, to cover this stuff again. Okay, this was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You have a great rest of your day. You too. For more information about Stellar and the future of decentralized finance, visit Stellar.org. And get involved in the discussion in one of our active communities on Keybase at Stellar.public or Stellar Stack Exchange. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyler Vanderhoeven. We'll catch y'all later.